So welcome to episode number 48 of The Space in Between. And today it's you and me, and I'm going to talk a little bit about our Movement 109 experience uh, that's happening online right now. We're in the fourth fourth week with a really awesome group of women who are figuring out who they are becoming, and it's been such a joy watching and being a part of their journey for the six-week series And um, each week we have a phone call where we check in and see how everybody's doing and then set our intention for for the next week. And um, and so each week it's, you know, I have a theme that we're we're diving into to kind of pull away the layers. Um, But it's just also happening very organically, you know, what what they're experiencing, what they're going through. And so this is. This episode is really for them because we share tools each week that can help them go deeper. But I figured, hey, why not let everybody benefit from this? Uh, But yeah, so kind of just so you have an idea, uh, last week we were talking a lot about self-compassion, creating our, our own inner home. Like what does our own inner home look like? And the week previous to that, the reason, one of the reasons why was that there was a lot of the work that we were doing the previous week was there's a lot of um, acknowledgement of some negative self-talk. And so last week we worked on, you know, creating this inner home, you know, what does that look like so that we can start to set that up for ourselves and then start to catch those moments where it doesn't feel safe or it doesn't feel comfortable and, and acknowledging, you know, how we're playing a role in creating our own inner inner home, right? That inner dialogue. And so this week, you know, what I'm we're looking at together as a group is the relationships. So last week we looked at our inner home, and now we're looking at sort of our outer home, right? Our external worlds. And this has been a game changer for me. Once I really sat in, in this knowing of um, all of our relationships are just simply reflections of what is within ourselves. And so when I've been really practicing that and, and being aware with that, witnessing that, uh, things have definitely been shifting for me. And I'll talk a little bit about that today on you know my journey and, and acknowledging that everything, as my teacher says, Jean Marie, she says, what you perceive, you receive. So everything we perceive outside of ourselves, we're receiving within. And so if we don't have that inner home that feels safe and comfortable, uh, then we're going to perceive the outer world to be so. And then it's just this cycle, right, of not feeling safe, not feeling comfortable within ourselves and then perceiving that outside of ourselves and then always getting that evidence back to us, right? That we're not safe, that we're not comfortable um, or whatever the words are that you you would want to create for yourself. And so then we, we build these sort of imbalances in our relationships too, right? Because they're feeding that inner dialogue. We're attracting those people that are constantly reinforcing the negative self-talk that we have in some way. So um, 
the question that I ask the group when um, they're dealing with some sort of difficulty in a relationship or situation is to just simply ask the question, how am I creating this or how am I this? Um, And so that we start to hold ourselves accountable. We're not always the victims in the situation, right? We, we start to shift our way of thinking uh, from being in this victim mentality of things are always happening to us as opposed to how things are happening through us. And so as they're happening through us, we are an active participant in how, how that is being created through us. Uh, so I invite you all to do that too this week is if there or anytime uh, if there is a situation that you're finding that is rather difficult, a relationship or a scenario in your professional life or personal life, um, ask yourself, how, how am I this? How am I creating this? And as I said, I really noticed that I, I, the more and more I heard this idea of, you know, everything is a reflection within myself, I really started to look at the unpleasant relationships that I was having. And, and then I was turning the lights on and realizing, oh yeah, that is what I think of myself. Oh yeah, I am letting somebody talk to me like this because that's what I feel that I deserve, right? That is the the dialogue that I have inside of myself. So of course I'm going to have that project out into the outer worlds. Yeah. And so I'll talk a little bit about a couple of experiences today, and then I'll offer you an exercise for you to practice on your own. Um, It's a little gritty, I will admit. Uh, I was practicing this sort of intuitively and then I gave it to one of our nomads, uh, nomad teachers, Lori Beers. Shout out to Lori Beers. And I gave her this um, exercise that I'll share with you all later today. And um, yeah, so it's a, it's a work in progress, but I think it's going to let you go deep dive into what is being reflected out there um, from within. But yeah, so some of the experiences that I had that I was noticing, I'll, I'll stay pretty in the pretty recent future. Um, in my professional life, I was, I feel like since I started Nomad, there was a lot of weeding out um, different relationships. You know, there when I first started Nomad, there was a lot of anybody come in, <laughs> anybody wants to show up for Nomad, whether it be a participant in a teaching situation or contributing or um, a student, anybody who wanted to participate in Nomad is welcome. Um, but then I started to realize that there were some unhealthy relationships that were sort of potentially potentially building yeah and the a lot of some of those just naturally weeded out and some of them I did have to close doors to and there was one that um, just recently you know I was really looking at I, I was looking at you know, Every time I was kind of in this work situation with this person, I was feeling very unsettled and I wasn't quite sure why because externally I felt like there was a lot of support there. 
Um, I thought there was a lot of opportunity for me, but there was just this little nagging voice thinking, saying to myself that um, not to trust fully and, and, and uh, just to kind of keep my eyes open. And so, you know, as I was kind of progressing with Nomad, um, we were, we've been building a lot of great programs uh, in the Hudson Valley and beyond. And yeah, some of the relationships, as I said, they were just kind of shedding a little bit away of just because not anything negative, but it was really just um, my own inner work, but then also as Nomad was growing, we were getting clear on what our intention was and who we were aligning with and, you know, what kind of offerings we wanted to have for our tribe. And, uh, but then there's this one relationship I was just still holding on to still kind of like, eh, why is this, why is this necessary? And it always, honestly, it came always down to finances. It was always like, oh, there's a really great financial opportunity here. And, um, and yeah, I don't know. There was just, there was something nagging at me. And, and then I realized again, this idea of what am I reflecting out? And I was realizing that it wasn't quite a reciprocal relationship, how I was showing up and how this other person was showing up too. And so I really started to look at that, you know, like I started to look at my motives of why I was, I was in I was in this relationship and it wasn't it wasn't really a relationship that was feeding me and um feeding my soul. Yeah. There was nothing really negative there. It was just that it I was purely doing it for financial opportunity. And and I my heart and soul wasn't in it because it wasn't it wasn't solely nomad and I really put so much into nomad and then this thing was always sort of pulling me outside of nomad just energetically it wasn't necessarily what this person was asking for but it was just it was energetically somehow pulling me outside of nomad and so when i was realizing that that this this was some sort of reflection within this relationship that i i had with this person professionally and and just like what it was representing the institution it was representing was um not my heart and soul which is nomad um I needed to let it go. I needed to say goodbye. And when I did say goodbye to the opportunity and to, you know, whatever the professional relationship, it came to light that I don't think it was very necessary. Um, there wasn't a lot of respect in the end. And I was, I was coming to light. It was, you know, things that people had been telling me prior. And, and then I had realized, oh, I was not turning the light on fully <laughs> because of the financial security that it was kind of providing for me. I was looking the other way in some other ways. So I, I had to let it go and I'm grateful for it because I'm grateful for all of it. I'm grateful for the opportunity I had. I'm grateful for the opportunity um, of growth that I got to set boundaries for myself and really speak what my worth was. Because in the end, I sort of had to speak up and say what I was worth, not just financially um, in compensation, but just in terms of, um, you know, identifying who I was and and what I bring to the table and I was realizing I wasn't quite getting that. I was getting sort of a superficial pat on the back, but I wasn't really getting 
what I what I really truly deserved. And that was truly because of my reflection that I wasn't feeling like I I deserved it. <laughs> and and I feel like where I'm at right now and what we are offering with Nomad, I have to. I kind of have to step step it up as a leader. I have to I have to know my worth. I have to know what I can offer you all. Um and and that is really what I get to take away because you know as as humble as I I I am and I want to be um as a leader I really have to have to take ownership right for you all so that you feel that it's a safe comfortable space that I'm creating for you all um so yeah that was that was a scenario where I had to look at this kind of outer relationship um with a professional, you know, institution and person and how it was reflecting back was I wasn't quite aligned with it because I had these other motives, but it was also holding me back because I wasn't, I wasn't feeling like I, I was worthy of, of what, what nomad is and what nomad can be. Um, and so it was sort of keeping me, um, at bay of that knowing. And so I, I, in that scenario, I did have to let go of the relationship and that opportunity for work. Um, The other experience that I have had recently was a personal experience in my, um, in my somewhat, I'll call it romantic life. Um, It was with an ex, an ex-boyfriend that I had seen. We were together a couple of years ago and, you know, we were, we really loved each other. We had a lot we had a lot to share with each other. Um, we grew a lot. There was a lot of healing in that relationship. But what I was realizing towards the end of it, and it wasn't a very long relationship, but the, there was a little bit of um, pressure on both sides. We both had these sort of unspoken expectations of each other. Um, and it was a weird situation where we're just creating a lot of stress in the end. You know, there was a lot of discourse um, and then it just sort of fizzled. And, you know, I was planning to to move out there uh, to Santa Fe and, and then it just sort of fizzled and then we didn't communicate for about a year. <laughs> and it was one of those situations where I just thought, oh, okay, this was some weird reflection of what was going on in my life inside of me. Um, and okay, this relationship's over. But then last May, last spring, I went out to Santa Fe and I, you know, I reached out because I was going to visit my family and I said, hey, I'm going to be in town. I would love to, you know, just kind of figure out what was going on. And so I had done in that pat that year, a lot of growth, a lot of reflection of, you know, the whys um, with him and with previous relationships, just being single, I did a lot of inner work Um and it was really beautiful because when we got to sit and talk, we realized, oh, we had these expectations for each other. I didn't have this expectation for him, but he felt this expectation for himself. And, and he didn't have necessarily an expectation for me, but I felt this pressure, just the way that we were kind of interacting. And again, it wasn't anything he was actually doing or saying. Um, it was just how I was perceiving it. It was per- how I was perceiving it and how he was perceiving me that created this discourse. Uh, and so, you know, just recently he came back to the Hudson Valley or to New York to visit some friends and we connected a couple of times and, 
And I just really was so grateful that I got to kind of shift my my way of perceiving him as a person. And now we have started, you know, another round of friendship, building a friendship, which I'm really grateful for because it has turned this light on for me to realize, you know, um, who I am as a person, who I am when I was a partner and who I am as a friend. Um, and, and that's something that I think is really important too, is that when we do this work, there are some people that, yes, we have to say goodbye to, cause it's no longer a reciprocal relationship or it's no lo- longer in line with who you are, um, or who you're becoming. Um, but there are always these opportunities too, just to renegotiate relationships, right? First, where you negotiate the relationship with yourself but then also to have this opportunity to renegotiate the relationship with your friends and your loved ones and even your professional relationships. And um, that's something that I think that is really important to also to, to kind of emphasize here is that we don't have to always say goodbye. If the person on the other side is able to also have this idea that we are their reflection, um, and they're open to that and they're open to communication. Uh, there's a really beautiful experience where we don't have to say goodbye, but we can actually shift and renegotiate and change our perceptions and, and change how we are in relation with one another. Uh, so that's that's another kind of experience of how I was creating something in my mind, right? How I was creating this idea that this person had this high expectation of me that I could not provide for them. Um, and then it kind of changed this sort of weird dynamic between the two of us. And then some time for me to heal and for me to kind of shift my perception, I came back around to it and got to realize that, oh, this person's a really good person and they do love me and I love them, but we just weren't fitting into the right um, puzzle piece. <laughs> and now we get to have this opportunity to renegotiate, right? Um, and, and change and change our perception of, again, what's happening within and what's happening outside. Um, so yeah, those are a couple of experiences that I had. And um, and yeah, the personal experience, um, there, there were people that I really loved, you know, my ex-husband who I was with for 15 years. Uh, I did a lot of growing within that relationship. I did a lot of changing my my habits changing my thoughts and and i think what happened in that was that i shifted so much and he he not just stood behind but he also went into a downwards downward spiral and so ultimately that was no longer just simply a reflection of who i was right at some point we were each other's reflections uh, but then I continued forward and he continued kind of back and down, um, to a certain extent. And so, yeah, he was just no longer my reflection. There was no, there was a lot of heartbreak when it happened, but I don't have any ill feelings for him. I just, he's no longer my reflection. Um, the negative darkness that came with that relationship and the, the, the breaking of that relationship, I no longer really mourn for because I know that it's ne- it was necessary. It was a huge part of who I am now, you know, the, the necessary journey that I needed to take. And 
and I was no long, it was no longer necessary then, you know, when it, when it broke and now, um, so it looks different, right? It can look different in, in, in ways when we're, we're looking at these different difficult, rather difficult relationships, they can, they can change, right? We can change and our perception of that person and that relationship can change. And sometimes we just have to say goodbye. Uh, but we can say goodbye with love, right? We can say goodbye with a loving kindness, with compassion to that other person. And we can also shift our perception with this loving kindness and perception. And so that kind of brings me to the journal exercise that I want to propose to you all. Um, but before I do, I want to share a little bit. Um, I love Pema Children. Uh, and what the book that I was reading, I think it was like the second or third time I revisited it last, last year was, um, her book, the places that scare you, uh, a guide to the fearlessness and difficult times. And I, I read this book because what had happened? I was going through, I was going through a breakup (laughs) It's actually sort of going through the feelings of a breakup previous to that one. <laughs> it was like all coming to the surface. And I was basically asking myself, why the hell am I here? Why am I in this same pattern of, you know, what I had created was these long distance relationships and getting to a point where I was ready to take the leap and then they kind of scurried away. Yeah, but then I had to look at that and say, hmm, well, if they're my reflection, there's still something within me that is scurrying away too. And, you know, for a while I was angry about it. I was angry at them. I was angry at myself for still being in this place of being fearful of of what a relationship could a romantic relationship could be or could look like, of diving into it deeper. And so I saw Pema hanging out on my bookshelf and that one was calling to me. Um, So again, the the book is The Places That Scare You, A Guide to Fearlessness in Difficult Times. And I highly recommend it if you're kind of going through some times that are um, you're feeling a bit fearful of or you're mourning. um, This is a great one for you. And I want to share a share a little reading from it that I think speaks to where we're going in a moment. So she says, it is a good idea to remember that when we harden our heart against anyone, we hurt ourselves. The fear habit, the anger habit, the self-pity habits, all are strengthened and empowered when we continue to buy into them. The most compassionate thing we can do is to interrupt these habits. Instead of always pulling back and putting up walls, we can do something unpredictable and we can make, we can do something unpredictable and make a compassionate aspiration. We can visualize the difficult person's face and say his or her name if it helps us. Then we say the words, may this person who take irritates me be free of suffering and roots of suffering. By doing this, we start to dissolve our fear. And 
when we can really realize that when these people who quote unquote irritate us, right, are really ourselves, what's happening within, it's a little hard at first, (laughs) I won't lie, but then there is a gentleness. I think there's a softness that comes from it. And in this book too, she often in her books, she talks about the loving kindness, loving, practicing loving kindness um, and the loving kindness meditation. And I think this time around when I read it last year, uh, I really started to get it. <laughs> I'm sure there's more to get, but I really started to get it when I was still starting to practice, you know, practicing loving kindness towards myself, practicing loving kindness towards somebody I love neutral and then the person who's difficult and then for all of us I realized that oh yeah these are all us they're all me they're all us they're universal and we're not going to get anywhere until we acknowledge that become aware of it and um and make space for it for the for that transformation right for that that loving kindness that softness within ourselves it has to begin with us Um, so what I invite you to do, if you are kind of playing with this idea of everything is a reflection within you, (laughs) and if you're having particularly a difficult situation, right, a difficult relationship with somebody, um, to either write to or about this person, right? And you don't have to give it to them, but you can write in your journal, Um, writing to or about this person that's bringing a lot of heartache or some kind of heartache or difficulty or aggression or whatever the word is that is uncomfortable. Write about this person and don't edit yourself. Go for it. Get it all out. And then go back and read it as if you were that person because you are to a certain extent right if that person wasn't getting under your skin he or she wouldn't really be your reflection they would just be some passerby but they the way that they're speaking to you or what they are saying to you or or how they are ignoring you is really what's being reflected within you in some extent right? You might not realize it, you might not have identified it, but it is your voice to some way, in some way. So go ahead and and read that again, read it back with this knowing that this person is you. And then I invite you to do the same thing for somebody that you have an easeful relationship with, that you love dearly and write to or about this person and let them know how much they mean, what they have done for you, um, what they have done for this world. And then go ahead and read that back and that too is you, right? So we can acknowledge our dark and our light, right? All the people that we love, all the people that are difficult are are us, are within us. And so then once you have done this writing, right, again, without editing, going back to read it and acknowledging 
that they are you, you are them. Um, to practice the loving kindness meditation. And if you don't know what a loving kindness meditation is, again, definitely um, just Google it. I can, I'll lead you through a short one at the end of this. Um, or you can pick up a Pema book. She always has a little guidance for the loving kindness meditation. Uh, but I say to practice after you have acknowledged that these people are you and you are them, uh, to practice the loving kindness meditation. And you can do this by um, just practicing the meditation as it is, or you can even practice the loving kindness meditation looking in the mirror at yourself, acknowledging all that you are reflected back. And that is pretty intense, I will say. I've done it. And, you know, maybe these are baby steps you work up to. <laughs> um, but an example of a loving kindness meditation is simply coming to, a, you know, some sort of comfortable posture, taking a few breaths, centering yourself. And then you can offer words that are similar to mine. You don't have to say the exact ones, but my loving kindness meditation is, may I be safe, protected, and free from inner and outer harm. May I be full of joy and delight. May I be healthy and whole. May I be free and ease of well-being. And then you can continue that wishing the person that you love the same thing. Right? And then once you go through that, you can go through and bring somebody's who is more of a neutral person, right? Maybe the barista at your coffee shop or the person who's always holding the door for you at work. Um, and you can send the loving kindness to that person. And then you can work your way to that difficult person that you wrote to or about and wish them well through the loving kindness meditation. And then you can also end with all beings, wishing and blessing all beings. And it has a huge impact if you really take that time and, and acknowledge and really take it seriously, right? And be with it and be with the words. That's why I think it's important to choose the words rather than just reading them. Um, choose the words wisely, you know, for your blessing. Uh, I think it'll make a huge impact. So that's what I offer you here today, right? If you're, you're in this kind of stuck situation with these external relationships, how, how can you hold yourself accountable? How are you participating in the difficult relationship? Because it's reciprocal difficulty in some way, right? Whether it's spoken or unspoken, and so when you start to realize that you are the reflection or it is the reflection, that person is the reflection of what is happening with you, then you can start to renegotiate your participation, 
right? And you can't control how they're going to be. So there might be an outcome where this person is no longer participating because you are no longer playing that game, that that game that you had both been participating in. So that person might shut away, but that person might also start to renegotiate their, their end of things, right? They might start to actually reflect back who you are being, right? Um, so let yourself be curious about this. Let yourself get really curious about your experiences and you can use the tool of the journal exercise to um, get, get a little deeper if you're still having these attachments to what this person is and represents or what he, he or she did. Write, write to or about that person again. And then also follow it up with somebody that you love so that you can see the light and the dark that are within you. Yeah. And the loving kindness is a great way to kind of bring it all together. So I hope that is helpful for you. Let me know um, how, if you if you do participate in this, let me know how it goes for you. I'm really curious, because like I said, this is just something that I was doing intuitively in my journal when I was feeling angry and I was getting it out on the page in the journal and I was like, oh, I just said something that sounds like me, <laughs> right? Both the, the, both the light and the dark. I was like, oh, oh yeah, they're my reflection, right? I really started to own up to it. So um, I hope that I hope that you have similar results for you. But if not, I also want to hear that too, because maybe there's something that we can tweak about this. Um, yeah, so let me know. And if this kind of work really excites you and you want to go deeper, we'll be doing this Movement 109 Who You Are Becoming course again, uh, probably at the end of November. So we're wrapping up. We have two more weeks of this online course with this awesome group, but we're going to run it again starting at the end of November. When, when we usually do our gratitude, the 40 days of gratitude, we're going to just weave in the gratitude with the Who You Are Becoming course. Uh, so that'll start at the end of November. I can't remember the exact date, but you can go online and visit nomadalwaysatone.com. We have it there. You can actually sign up for it now, and then I'll get you the information you need to kind of prepare for it, and we'll start together uh, at the end of November altogether. So you can find out more there um, about the online course. You can also find out about our Movement 109 experiences in person. We have a couple that are coming up in the Hudson Valley. So this Thursday, October 17th, uh, we'll be at Bar, Body, and Soul. Yeah, in New Windsor. We'll be moving around, doing our beautiful work there. And then the following week, I'll be with Erica Forcell for our Move Into Breath so uh, I'll be offering Movement 109, and she will be taking you through breath work. And that's happening at the new studio, Wild Oak Bar and Yoga up in Poughkeepsie. That's Friday, October 25th. And then we have a couple more dates in November. November 8th, back at Bar, Body, and Soul for another Move Into Breath with Erica and myself. And then we'll be at Nam I'll be at Namastasis for Movement 109 on November 15th. So all of that is coming at the website. You can go over to nomadalwaysathome.com in our uh, events section. And what else is happening? Bali. Bali is happening. And that is March 2020. Again, we'll be doing movement, yoga, breath work, 
and learning a lot about the beautiful Balinese culture and rituals there. And the tribe training. So if you are interested in working with the military or you are military or you're a veteran, um, we have our tribe. We teach resilience, increased balance and endurance to offer the tools of yoga to active duty. So uh, we have that coming up October 26th and 27th. That is coming up very soon. Uh, we're offering the tools of yoga again. So you can be a yoga teacher. You don't have to be a yoga teacher. We're making these really practical tools of yoga um, so they're accessible both on and off the mat for active duty. So come on down. You can go visit Nomad's website. You can also go over to the tribe website, which I'll have in the show notes. You can just click on it and find out more there. And speaking of military, our friends at Veterans Yoga Project, they have Veterans Gratitude Week coming up November 8th through the 18th. And if you're a yoga teacher, please, please offer a Veterans Gratitude Week class at your local studio and and send your donations to Veterans Yoga Project. They're an awesome organization and we love, love working for them and supporting them. And if you're a student of yoga or you're thinking about it, find uh, a yoga class to go and participate and donate to. And you can find out more at Veterans Yoga Project, um, their website as well. I think it's .org, veteransyogaproject.org, I believe. Uh, And they have a listing of where all the classes are around the country and I think the world. So yeah, that's all happening. Nomad, Tribe, and Veterans Yoga Project land. And uh, yeah, I will talk with you all next week.